going Greenhill, and this is my fantasy podcast on this stormy night. The wind is blowing quite harshly, and uh, well, we're just tucked up inside. This is my co-host, Kreisner. Good day. Recording from inside the COVID-19 pandemic in WA. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Now, Kreisner, can you tell me what you understand about rings of everything? I believe they are powerful, powerful objects. But what I am concerned is, how do they work, William? Well, to do that, I have to explain a bit to you about the Forbidden Books. The Forbidden Books are the books that Abigail wrote, and she wrote them specifically to make a ring of everything. Okay, okay. Basically, they are so evil because they pull in power from all over the story this. And like the way the structure of the world works, they pull in power from the entire storyverse and like drain it. Okay. And well, you combine them into this ring that has all the power of every fictional artifact ever written. Now, can anyone wear the ring of everything? Anyone can, but there are very few of them. Oh, wow. Okay. So how are people drawn to the ring of everything? Are they well-known knowledge? Well, they're well, well, in a... That's a really interesting topic. Good question. Thank you. For some artifacts, it might not be a very good question, but for a ring of everything, it has a really interesting answer. Okay. You see, sorry, thunder. The ring of everything, they have a lot of, you see, not many people know about them. Because the Black family is the only one in action by the time you get to Tessa in book one. Okay. So Tessa has one. She gets it from Temperance, who got it from Abigail. Yes. Okay. And there are three recorded rings of everything by Tessa's time, where they're a bit more publicized. So how many are there? All of them. I'll tell you the ones that are known first. Okay. So the the first ring of everything is made by Abigail. The second was made by the Black family years later. Okay. Out of the remains of the forbidden books. And the yeah. third one was actually the subject of the first book of Storyverse, The Ring of Everything, as it's named. Okay. Basically, the cloaked figure, aka Missy Sword, spoilers, goes and brings what, goes and kind of steals one, <gasps> goes and kind of makes, steals forbidden books and makes a ring of everything using William's Greek fire spell. Oh, right, right. But overall, let's see, you've got five that Abigail made, one that the Black family made. Let's see, William's knockoff one, which he made from the beginning of book six. Yeah. Which isn't an actual read everything. So that wouldn't be as powerful as the actual Well, actually, it does have the same kind of power, but it's a bit different than other rings and everything it because made it's out made the out of the bin books yeah. is made by bringing a version of missy to life and taking her ring from a rat statue museum in atlantis oh see that makes sense. and then there's the one that's revealed in book eight which was actually made in book two when william and actually Caldwell went back in time to stop the discovery of the forbidden books leading to their discovery and accidentally making the ring of the Earthful wizard so getting its name because well william was this conceptualized for an opal wizard who walked into a forest with a ring by someone who saw him and put it in a rock. Okay, okay. So, how would you say this story makes 
the ring and everything so important? Why does everybody want one? Well, it's the most powerful artifact in any fictional story, even in this world. That is true. That because is true. it contains every fictional power ever. So, I know Voldemort would pay anything for 10 minutes alone with Thanos' Infinity Goblet, <laughs> but, it'd prob- but Thanos would pay anything for 10 minutes alone with the ring of everything. He'd probably even like use the Infinity Goblet to downsize his hand. Well, I suppose that would work, wouldn't it? His hand would be a bit too big for a little ring, wouldn't like, it? Exactly. And <laughs> the size is probably the only thing limiting what who can put it on because it was made by Abigail. It's made for humanoid hands so, so it be- has to be worn on an actual finger for it to actually work yes so you can't just wear it on a necklace say for instance like has to actually wear it first on a necklace yes, but she can't channel the power that way well this brings us to another interesting thing it, the ring of everything tessa has it wants to be used but when it comes into contact with another ring of everything the ring of everything gets cold okay so you'd be like so you'd say that the ring would be Sort of calling to Tessa, like, use me, use me. Exactly. Oh, that would make, that would make it very difficult for Tessa, wouldn't it? To be able to stay true to herself and not use it. Yeah, but I honestly am looking forward to the scenario where she does use it. That would be Because in nice. order to use it, she'd need a being that is powerful enough to make her use it. Like, a being she couldn't overcome on her own, which is getting more and more harder because well there are fewer and fewer beings that can overcome people with rings of everything there are fewer and fewer beings that can overcome regular tessa because she's getting more and more powerful but i'd say this is an area where she's most likely to use it is where there's no chance there's no hope there's nothing she pulls out the ring puts it on and wields all its majesty well that would definitely be a page turner wouldn't it and definitely a whole battle change Yep. Yeah, she would get a boost, wouldn't she? More boosted than any other fictional character in the history of fiction. Who would you say is the most entitled to wear the Ring of Everything? Let's see, that's a hard one. Because Tessa earns it because she's never used it. Yes. The Black family doesn't deserve it because they've, you know, abused the power over the centuries. Yes. And uh, the... Ring of everything is, you, but I'd say Missy's daughter, Missy Sword, is the most entitled to it. Yeah, well, I suppose it'd be sort of like a family heirloom to her, wouldn't it? It would be because she didn't do horrible things to create it, but it is her inheritance. That is true. That is true. But for instance, in book eight, the latest book, she kind of doesn't know how to use it all that well. Not as well as people like Tessa or some members of the Black family. Well, you wouldn't want to use it the wrong way because then you'll be abusing the power. The exactly, the but that's something the Storyverse world, or at least the viewing of the Storyverse world, has never seen someone abusing the Ring of Everything's power. Yes, that is true. That is true. But William Tessa and Snow are unique for a couple of reasons. The first one is obviously they're like they are literally specifically trained and probably the most qualified people okay. to hunt down Abigail. Alright, so you wouldn't, would you say the ring would be evil or would you say the ring is good or depending on who is wielding the ring? Well, it's a bit more complicated than that. The, act of, the act of making it is evil, of evil, is evil, but using it is not. So if it's pre-made and it's already been, the evil act has already been done, you can use it without judgment. 
That is true. That is true. But then there's the knockoff method we in this country making it, which is much easier. Yeah, but would you still classify that as evil, considering he is taking a bit of Missy's soul into the ring? Well, that's where things get interesting. When Missy was spoilers Sorry, killed spoilers. at the beginning of book, <laughs> at the beginning of book six, she kind of gets a soul fragment in the ring. But I would not disavow that act as evil. Well, I suppose if it was willing, then it wouldn't really be evil, would it? And uh, the a bit of spoilers for stuff that hasn't happened yet. The ring is mm. actually in. There's actually a soul fragment in William's knockoff ring, so we had access to Missy as well. Okay. Cool. That's definitely different, isn't it? So, in the ring of everything, the way they are fighting for the ring, who do you reckon would win the most? Do you reckon? Do you reckon Abigail will be able to eventually get all the rings herself? That would be an interesting plot line, but Abigail's not the main focus of the story anymore. About. Sorry, thunder. <laughs> it's definitely a stormy night, isn't it, William? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's kind of scary and spooky. Makes me wonder. Yeah? If the black cloaked figure would be outside right now in the dark, stormy area. Yes. Well, technically in the ring and everything, there are two cloak figures. The cloak figure from the Red Council, who's just an evil dark author, who's come to take Tessa for the Red Council's own benefit. And then there's the far more dangerous Missy, who's under the cloak the whole time and is really ultra-powerful and can deal some pretty devastating blows. So was Missy all this powerful when she was alive? She was, well, she was an incredibly powerful witch. Would you witch. say she got more powerful after death? Well, I'd have to say that's a really complicated question because yeah. she's more powerful in different ways. I suppose in her astral form, she is uh, she's not as limited to life as she was before, so she'd have yes, more Yes, but a... even before she made the ring, she was a powerhouse. That is true, that is true. She was more powerful than Lily Storm, who is, like, the main mental character temperance's daughter yeah who's a witch and is really ultra powerful so why did missy create the ring well she made it to stop abigail shakespeare from well attaining more power she wanted to make the ring as a preventative measure not for selfishness so if you can give me a rundown of the book itself if you could put it into a few words or a few sentences, how would you describe it? Okay. The Ring well, of Everything book. Okay, so to, let me think on this for a minute. That is fine, that is fine. Take your time. Okay, so Tess, a girl named Tessa discovers her powers, meets a few friends, and has to stop a cloaked figure from assembling the most powerful fictional weapon in history, even our history. See, that makes it sound so grab. It grabs the audience and it makes you want to read exactly. it. Exactly. That's a beautiful way to put it. I definitely recommend reading this book. Yep. Where can we find your books online? Uh, well, there's ebooks, and I'd recommend you check out ebooks first. Ebooks first? There's two in the Storyverse series that are free Storyverse and the Read of Everything, and Storyverse and the Haunted Script, which is number six. 
which we will talk about another time. Exactly. <laughs> I have very much enjoyed having you letting me on here today, William. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been quite a nice uh, experience. I've never been on a podcast before, so this is the first time for me and definitely very exciting. Well, this is actually my first podcast, so we're kind of in the same boat. Oh, would you look at that? Would you look at that? We can do things together. <laughs> but yes, I definitely recommend William Greenhill. Stone, Stone Green Hill. Hill. Stone Green Hill. I keep forgetting to definitely read his stories. Check them out on ebooks. They're on Apple, Barnes & Noble, Kobo as ebooks, and you can get them on Amazon or a whole bunch of other sites. Just Google Story vs. Marie of Everything, you'll be hooked for life, seriously. <laughs> okay, no more promotion. Time to turn it off. <laughs>